Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Albarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying wine without worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. I'm here at the International Pinot Noir Celebration in McMinnville, Oregon. Um, in an idyllic setting, there are birds chirping. Uh, I'm in a forested area in a bed and breakfast just uh, outside of Linfield College where the festivities are being held. And um, it goes without saying that we're drinking a lot of Pinot Noir here, but I want to focus on the I in international. Um, Obviously, Oregon Pinot Noir. Uh, a lot of people think about Burgundy, sort of the spiritual homeland of Pinot Noir. But um, like I said, let's get international and let's talk about a place where you might not expect Pinot Noir to come from. But it's arguably one of the hottest locations for Pinot Noir uh, in the world. It should be on your radar, and it's New Zealand. So it's my pleasure to have on the show Sam Neal. He's the owner of Two Paddocks, which is in the uh, central Otago, which is a great Pinot Noir region in New Zealand. And Sam, thanks for being on the show. Um, just let's start off. I don't think people even know where the Central Otago is. I hope they know where New Zealand is, but can you just tell me where the Central Otago is? First of all, I shouldn't worry about it. This is wine without worry. <laughs> so um, if you don't know where Central Otago is, relax. It's in the very... Um, there are five or six wine regions in New Zealand, which is about as far away from where wine started as it could possibly be. It's on the other side of the world, right down the bottom next to Australia. Uh, Central Otago is the southernmost region and therefore the coolest region of all in New Zealand. And um, I've been growing uh, wine there for 22 years. Uh, we've discovered that the not only is it the wine that we like to drink the most, uh, but it's also the wine that, that um, kind of shines in our area, it, and it's Pinot Noir. A lot of people think of New Zealand as being, if they've heard of it at all, as being a Sauvignon Blanc producer. And Sauvignon Blanc is, accounts for maybe 75 or 80% of what we grow in New Zealand. But it's a very different animal, of course, from Pinot Noir. Sauvignon Blanc you can produce um, reasonably um, cheaply. You can grow it on an industrial scale. Pinot Noir, if it's going to be any good, everything has to be done by hand. It's... It's really um, an artisanal wine made by artisans. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm um, not really an artisan myself, but a very nice bunch of artisans who work for me and with me. I think um, uh, if people are concerned about Pinot Noir, if they haven't discovered it, it's time they, it's time they did. You know, Typically, wine drinkers get interested with wine by drinking white wine, they might, then they might go on to Zinfandel or something like that. You kind of graduate. Uh, I was told a long time ago that red wine is is um, is what the grown-ups drink, <laughs> and and uh, you you graduate through something like Zinfandel, mm -hmm. through to perhaps Cabernet, through to Shiraz, and eventually you end up at, at what I see it being the pinnacle of red wine, which is Pinot Noir. I feel like you're looking into my um, my wine soul because I started out drinking uh, California Chardonnay and then I graduated to um, Zinfandel and then uh, and then I moved on to um, more esoteric things, more elegant things. But uh, yeah, th that's that's where people get started. And um, Pinot Noir is definitely 
uh, a destination, I think, for, for most wine drinkers. I feel like we all kind of end up at some point coming to Pinot Noir and maybe more lighter, elegant styles of wine, too. I'm curious about New Zealand Pinot Noir. Is there, is it fair to say, can we say New Zealand Pinot Noir is like this? Does it have certain qualities that make it distinct? I would say, it's, I mean, I've drunk some really good Pinot Noirs from Oregon uh, in, in, in the last um, couple of days. It's been a real revelation for me. It's, and it's something that I've always wanted to come. I, I, we admire Oregon immensely because, as you know, um, Pinot Noir originates in Burgundy and it's been growing there for 2,000 years and they really know how to do it. It's a very difficult grape. It can only be grown in very select little corners of... It's a very thin-skinned grape, so that's why Pinot Noir tends to be... You know, all the color in a red grape comes out of the skin. So you get color in wine from just leaving when you're fermenting um, all your grapes in a big vat thing. The longer you leave the wine on the skin, the more color you get. Well, if you've got a very light-skinned color, you get a very light-skinned, a light-colored grape. Now, um, (coughs) it's also a very tricky wine in that because it's thin-skinned, you need to grow it in a marginal area, in a cool area. Uh, so our southernmost vineyard, which we call the Last Chance, we have four vineyards at uh, two paddocks. Our southernmost one is called the Last Chance, and it is, we think, the southernmost vineyard in the world. It's the nearest thing to Antarctica where you can <laughs> grow a grape. Uh-huh. Uh, this means that... Um, you have a long growing season it's growing coolly we have very cool nights warm days but that gives the grape the chance to develop very slowly and it's that slow development that gives you all those subtle flavors that uh, develop in the in your wine i'm very pleased to be here in oregon because oregon was really you know the french are inclined to think that when it comes to wine they're at the there are no betters, mm-hmm, and um, we <coughs> we respect that. We and we give thanks to Burgundy because they're they're the people that developed this wonderful Pinot Noir grape, and they've been doing it for two thousand years. But here in Oregon, they decided to break those rules and discovered that Pinot Noir would grow in this, particularly in this Willamette Valley, and um, this was this kind of shocked the French and um, it was a wake-up call to us too so we're a little bit junior to the Oregonians is that a word yeah sure Oregonians yeah Oregonians and I like you, it you only get mad you say Oregon that's the, that's, that's <laughs> when they uh, that's when they ship you to the border right yeah I made that mistake I said Oregon and yeah. uh, I was showing the door they're very sensitive <laughs> yeah sensitive people here yeah sensitive like uh, Pinot Noir yeah that's right <laughs> But they broke those rules, and they decided that you could grow Pinot Noir in the New World. And uh, very like Central Targa, where I come from, they're very collaborative uh, winemakers, and they've, they've learned from scratch uh, pretty much what we did, and um, they've learned together. And it's become an extremely well-respected Pinot Noir area that everyone around the world, in the, in the wine world, knows. And that is becoming true of Central Otago as well. I think the difference is we produce perhaps more savoury um, Pinot Noirs, um, probably less 
fruit forward. But um, that is the wonderful thing about Pinot Noir, that it, it's a very expressive grape that has, uh, depending on soil and depending on climate and and very much depending on the people who are who do all the hard work mm-hmm. on it, 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 it'll have very different expressions mm-hmm. from in different places. Great. I want to take a quick uh, pause and have a, a sip. We have a little uh, breakfast Riesling in front of us before we move on <laughs> to uh, Pinot Noir. Um, so uh, cheers, quick yeah, little... Cheers. Um, that's very nice. That's that's pretty dry, right? Is that fermented dry? We we do two levels of Riesling. This is um, a state Riesling, and um, it, I think it has, for the technical amongst us, uh, eight grams of residual sugar, uh-huh. which is very little. But I think it's got nice balance and and a nice zing. You know, you want that zingy acid thing that goes through a, a dry Riesling. Riesling is confusing to people. You know, and we shouldn't worry about it. But uh, um, people can uh, can get confused by reasoning because a lot of us have made mistakes with those um, cheaper German things yes. that, that were probably not reasoning at all. Right, like uh, blue nun. Things to, that, to name one. Things that gave us terrible headaches when we were students. You know, the result of that is it's a very under underappreciated wine and I'm a great Riesling fan and one of the things that's been very satisfying for me is discovering the world of Riesling in the last 10 or 15 years. I only started growing Riesling because my wife who's difficult to please some days uh, <laughs> is decided one day she didn't want to drink any more red wine uh-huh. so I planted Riesling for her and then um, because it seemed to be the best white wine that grew in our district and I'm pleased I did it and we've it's it's that's become a really interesting voyage for us it's great and um I've really enjoyed watching the voyage of two paddocks online um I took a look at the website and it's chock full of personality and um humor uh like playlists of like uh you know top 10 songs from people and um very self-deprecating humor. I, I want to go back actually to your, um, I won't call it a speech because it wasn't a speech, but your um, sort of a introduction to the, the festivities yesterday. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. I had to write this down. I, I tweeted it out too, but I love you, that, you, that you somehow um, brought together Scientology golf and uh, Comic-Con <laughs> in this uh, wonderful talk about Pinot Noir. And uh, it, was, it was full of humor. And, um, and so is the website. And I just wonder, is, is that intentional or is that just who you are and the team you work with? Because I think wine needs a lot more laughter and mm-hmm. not taking itself seriously. Uh, is that just a conscious effort on you and the people you surround yourself with? Is that part of your, your mission with wine? Wine is about life and about love and laughter and friendship and conversation all, all those things. And there's a tremendous amount of um, people taking themselves seriously. <laughs> that, yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes at this thing, I, j- I just want to... Uh, uh, you, you know one of those, um, in, in old cartoons, there used to be a, a kind of boxing gloves that, that would come out and right. pow yeah. uh-huh. on a spring. Yep, sure. You're, you're getting boring about wine now. Here's the boxing glove, right. boof, uh-huh. and down they go. Um, I brought one of those with me, actually, for the <laughs> salmon bake tonight. So uh, look for that. It's going to be a highlight. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I might not be able to come back next year, though. But it'll be in the service of yeah. uh, bringing a little levity to yeah, wine. It'd, it'd be good to have one in, in your pocket like yeah, that, which yeah. you just trigger. Very, very discreet, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 a lot of, um, there's a lot of pomposity that goes with wine. 
particularly with high-end wine. Yeah. And I should explain, actually, that Pinot Noir, if it's going to be any good, as a friend of mine said, you know, you can make anything cheaply. You can make anything on the cheap these days. The Chinese demonstrate that every day. But you can't make Pinot Noir on the cheap. And if, you, if you're a wine consumer and you go into a shop and you see you see Pinot Noir for $15, then you should probably be asking why. Mm-hmm. You know, you actually can't produce... You've got to expect to pay more for a bottle of Pinot Noir because our production typically for an, an acre would be, say, a quarter of uh, an acre of, say, Sauvignon Blanc. Would that be about right, Jackie? This is Jackie, the general manager. Five tons as opposed to 15 tons of Sauvignon Blanc. Well, I'm not going to go this <laughs> <laughs> We're not casting aspersions on any other grapes, but... It's too early for math. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, yeah, but it's, 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 a very, it's a very costly wine. It's a very uh, labor-intensive um, wine, and, and um, that's how it works. And, and speaking of Pinot Noir, uh, which I see three down there. Uh, while we have a little time, is there one that you think we should try? One that you really want to uh, show off that uh, is well, quintessential? We, one of the debates that I was I was with David Edelsheim uh-huh. um, a couple of nights ago, and we were talking about blended wines and single vineyard wines. And this is kind of an interesting thing that that, that's, that will never be resolved. Single vineyard wines... Uh, are interesting for for wine nerds and for winemakers because you are looking for a, 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 an expression from one little little tiny parcel of land. Now we have four vineyards, and every year we will make an estate blend from the best of those the, those four vineyards. But we also, in a year when we think that a vineyard has something special to say might say something like I'm really special this year uh-huh. something uh-huh. <laughs> I, I'd love me. to see these vineyards yeah and uh, then we will make in addition a, a very small amount of maybe 100 120 cases of a single vineyard wine from one or, or more of those vineyards do you want to try the blended one first yeah let's let's give that a try yeah it's it's nearly nine o'clock in the morning. It's right. It's time for a drink. We're at a celebration of Pinot Noir. <laughs> so this is the uh, 2012 Pinot Noir Estate Vineyards. Yeah. And in fact, here's one of the things I talked about. Heartbreak. They call it the heartbreak grape, mm-hmm. you know. And here's one of the things. We had a heartbreak that year. At that point, we had three vineyards. And, and one had a total frost catastrophe we didn't get one grape off it so this is actually a blend off our two Alexandra vineyards which is a sort of sub-region of central Otago you can spit out if you want oh it's just I'm taking I, I, I don't take any offense <laughs> at that it's it's actually quite a logical thing to do in a day when we yeah it's a marathon a not a sprint yeah um, it's, it's a, very good uh, it's very um, I mean the kind of Pinot Noir I like I like light elegant, uh, pretty style of wine. I don't like these Syrah-like Pinot Noirs. Speaking of like, you know, when you talk about a $15 Pinot Noir, it's probably, you know, 25% Syrah. But uh, yeah, it's really, really pretty, really nice wine. We're going to sit back and enjoy a couple more Pinot Noirs. Um, 
as this is the International Pinot Noir Celebration, and I'm glad I said celebration. I always want to say conference, and it's not it, it's conference like, but really is more of a celebration. So, um, I just want to say thank you to my guest Sam Neal, and uh, please spat in the bush. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is why it's a audio podcast. Um, yeah, uh, I'm I'm the poor um, wine expert. I'm I'm just drinking, and so I should be spitting. But yeah, you need to spit at a, you need to spit all day. To, uh, at an event like this. But Sam, thanks for being on the show. Um, this Pinot Noir is lovely. Um, I'm looking forward to um, drinking more of it in the United States. And it's uh, the website is twopaddocks.com. Mm. P-A-D-D-O-C-K-S, two as in T-W-O. And uh, yeah, It's a kind of an entertainment site as well. As it is. No, I mean, it's, seriously, there's video, there's uh, playlists. movies. Yeah, the movies are We're great. We're just about to release an, another new movie, which we showed at Adelsheim the other day, which was... It's kind of the silliest film I've ever seen, I think, really. And I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to seeing it. Really, yeah, the website, there, uh, there's a, a, a large hall of shame of, of winery websites, and this is one of the best I've seen. Another thing we do, I'm, I'm just actually doing it, we have a kind of um, imaginary uh, disco at Two Paddocks. It's called the Dayglow Disco. Okay. And that's where we invite people to be the guest DJs, and they do their top ten. And uh, would you like to be uh, a top ten guy? Me? I'd love to. I'd love to. Cool, absolutely. You're on. I'm just doing the introduction to... Do, do you like Flight of the Concords? Yeah, sure. I've seen Flight of the Concords a few times. Yeah. Um, well, Reese Darby, who plays their kind of imaginary manager... Mm-hmm. He's... Murray. <laughs> Murray. Murray, the manager. Uh, he's, he's just done his top ten, so that's the next one up. All right, well, look forward to my top 10. And um, right now, uh, Sam and I are going to kick back and try a couple more Pinot Noirs. Please go to twopaddocks.com. Uh, look for the wines, ask for the wines, demand them. Uh, if you're in New Zealand, the central Otago, um, which would be a wonderful place to visit, yeah. uh, do go and visit the winery. Um, they also, uh, also uh, sidebar lavender and saffron, too, which I read about. I even brought my lavender notebook as a sort of an lavender, homage. Yes. Yeah. So, um, uh, Sam, thanks for being on the show, and people explore the world of Pinot Noir and specifically New Zealand. Thanks so much. You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jameson Fink. 